Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm very grateful to you for joining us today. Some fascinating news out of Washington today and last night and earlier this week. Iowa still has our attention. There is so much ground to cover on today's program. Right now, uh, we're going to speak with Utah Senator Mike Lee, who on the floor of the United States Senate this morning uh, made it known his intention uh, to acquit the president on both impeachment articles. Uh, Senator, sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Thank you, Lee. It's good to be with you. Let me first ask you about last night. You uh, were in attendance as the president delivered the State of the Union address. I thought of you uh, right in the middle of the address. It was mentioned by the president, uh, his great pride in criminal justice reform. Uh, I know that you had your hands on that and, and worked very hard on that issue. How did it feel to hear that uh, that great effort of yours mentioned and honored during the State of the Union address? Well, it was certainly gratifying to hear the president mention my criminal justice reform effort, something I worked on for eight straight years as his crowning legislative accomplishment. And not only to hear him mention it, but also to see that it was perhaps the biggest, most resounding bipartisan applause line that he got for the entire evening. So I, I was thrilled that he did that. I, I'm still thrilled that he signed it into law and grateful to him for his leadership on that issue. You, in a statement not long after the address, made mention of the the blue-collar boom. That was a a phrase used by the president uh, during his remarks earlier in the State of the Union address. What is this? What what does that mean, a blue-collar boom? When I refer to the the blue-collar boom, I'm describing the fact that uh, President Trump has been especially good for America's poor and middle-class workers. It's not just business executives. It's not just Wall Street uh, who has been successful in this economic upturn. It is uh, all Americans, including and especially the poor and middle class. And uh, I think the American people are starting to understand that. And I think that's one of the reasons why this president's going to be resoundingly reelected. If you pay any attention to the 24-hour news, folks, uh, you'll get the impression that the, the, the tone and attitude of the not only the address by the president, but, at the, but of the room at large during the course of it was one of great division, that there were uh, folks on two distinct sides. Uh, can you characterize that for us? Or is that characterization wrong? What was it like being in the room? Yeah, it was interesting. There definitely was some division. Uh, what I found most surprisingly was the fact that there were a number of issues that the Democrats absolutely refused to applaud, even issues that one would have thought any American could agree with, uh, like the president saying it's, it's time for us to defeat radical uh, fundamentalist Islamic terror. 
Uh, that shouldn't be partisan. It was made such last night. Uh, they should be able to agree that late-term abortions, aborting a baby shortly before the baby is born, regardless of how you feel about abortion generally, shouldn't be something that's deeply divisive along party lines. And yet it was last night. So, yeah, there was some divisiveness. A lot of it was just because of the fact that the Democratic Party has become increasingly intolerant of views held by most Americans. I'm going to shift gears pretty dramatically here. You, on Friday, Friday afternoon, you sent out a tweet worded thusly. Mitt Romney is a good friend and an excellent senator. We have disagreed about a lot in this trial, but he has my respect for the thoughtfulness, integrity, and guts he has shown throughout this process. Utah and the Senate are lucky to have him. When I read that tweet that you sent out, I sent a quick note over to your office, and I said, you know, it was a cool and classy move. Uh, I felt that it was. I think it was a a kind thing for you to do and an honorable thing. Let me ask you, there has been a revelation today that the senator, Senator Romney, intends to vote to convict the president on one of these articles of impeachment. Do you still feel the way uh, you felt when sending that tweet last week? You know, Lee, I just found out about this just moments ago. I was surprised. Uh, I'm very disappointed. I strongly disagree with his decision on this. What the president did here involved encouraging the Ukrainian government to investigate the corrupt Ukrainian energy company, Burisma. This is something that the Obama administration had advocated for years before Trump took office. So making that request wasn't criminal. It certainly wasn't impeachable. It wasn't even wrong. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm as surprised as anyone about uh, my colleague's decision to reach a different conclusion. I did not expect this at all. Have you, during the course of these impeachment proceedings, had much contact with uh, Senator Romney? Of course. Uh, We speak all the time. We have a good relationship. We talk on a very regular basis. And uh, nonetheless, I was very surprised with this decision. I, I had a feeling for some time that he and I were going to reach different conclusions on the question of calling additional witnesses. Uh, I was convinced and remain convinced that it would be not only unnecessary, but very problematic and wrong for us to call additional witnesses. The facts were not materially in dispute. Um, But I didn't see this coming. I did not believe and didn't know until moments ago that he would be voting to remove the president. It may be unfair of me to ask, but uh, as they are the words of your tweet, let me ask you this. On Friday, he had your respect, and you asserted that Utah and the Senate are lucky to have him. Does he retain your respect, and is Utah and the Senate still lucky to have him? Look, I like him. I consider him a friend. I strongly disagree with this decision. In the heat of this particular decision, um... Uh, it's it's hard for me to see anything but that disagreement. But, you know, tomorrow's a different day. Every day is a new day. And uh, I look forward to finding other issues where he and I can agree. But I couldn't disagree more strongly with this vote than I do. Senator Lee, I'm grateful to you for your time. Good luck to you. In about uh, 45 minutes from now, uh, the vote will commence. You and your Senate colleagues will have uh, an opportunity to cast your vote, guilty or not guilty, on the two articles of impeachment sent over to your body uh, by the House of Representatives, by Speaker Pelosi. Uh, I'm grateful to you for your time. I'm grateful to you for sharing with us uh, your thoughts, and I'm grateful to you for your service to this good state. Thanks so much, Lee. Take care. All right, Senator. Uh, That's Senator Mike Lee. Uh, talking to us about a number of things, the State of the Union of last night and today's announcement by Senator Mitt Romney that, in fact, 
the senator, Senator Romney, will be voting against the president, will be voting to convict him on one of the two articles of impeachment. The one uh, that he has chosen to convict on is the one dealing with abuse of power, is the assertion of Senator Romney that President Trump's actions in Ukraine regarding uh, this military aid as communicated in that phone call from July, that perfect phone call, as the president described it, uh, was uh, akin to an abuse of power. Uh, well, Senator Lee disagrees. Uh, it seems that uh, Senator Lee had just only found out not long ago that Senator Romney would be uh, voting against the president to remove him from office. And uh, we'll see how that relationship continues. I was very uh, grateful to see the, the graciousness of the tweet from Senator Lee last week after Senator Romney had voted against or rather, I'm sorry, voted for uh, that gateway measure to allow for witnesses and other information uh, that put Senator Romney on the receiving end of some criticism. And uh, if I'm honest, it's only getting ramped up today. I have put out our text message line 57500. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I want you to weigh in because what I'm going to do at the end of this day, I'm going to compile all of it. No filters. All of it will be compiled and I am going to send it uh, over to Senator Romney's office. I used to work over there in Congress myself. I I know about, uh, I know who does what over there. And I know just who to send this uh, information to. So 57500, send me a text line, uh, a text uh, right there. Tell me what you think. Did Senator Romney do the right thing, the wrong thing, and why? Next up, we're speaking to Chris Stewart, Congressman Chris Stewart, uh, an Air Force pilot himself. Uh, and we're going to talk about his reaction to the State of the Union, particularly the appearance of a surviving Tuskegee Airman. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.